And then they cling to their homes and that sort of thing, and parents and friends, and you get some of these terrible things, you know, that happen with people. Uh, sent over here, you know, it's like being in your well, one minute and uh, the next thing they're out of the body, you know, and they're still sort of in a way attached to the body, clinging to things, you know. Yeah. Like so you get someone killed in a car crash, you know, it all happens so quick. And, and before you can see Jack Robinson out of the body and they can see what's happened, and at first they don't realize it's themselves that they, they don't always cut under these things straight away. Some do, of course, but it's always problematic. You feel that they're trying to get back, you know, sometimes into the body. It's very difficult. I've been working on a case just now of a young lady who was killed in a car. He had a lorry, you know, or the lorry he him. Mm. And, uh, of course, she was out. In the split second, almost, you might see. Uh, but of course, there was all the terrible mess and all that, and the ambulance. And he was clinging to himself, you know. They went in the ambulance with the body and the hospital and everything, the mortuary, and and he, he couldn't sort of adjust himself to the idea that he was dead. It was a weird thing in a way because he was still sort of clinging to the material things and. Anyway, then he went to his home and to his parents and come there, you know, and of course they had only just heard the news and there's a terrible upset there, naturally, and mm -hmm. he was trying to bang on the table and trying to attract her attention and let him know it's all right, that he was there, but of course they did not see him and that made him furious. He got so cross, you know, and uh, it seems odd to talk about the soul. Uh, and it's out of the body getting annoyed or getting cross, but mm -hmm. when people first come here, they're no different than what they were, you know, and they're in the body and they still have the same outlook and same sort of idea, and he was furious because no one could see him or take any notice of him. He tried everything he could think of to attract attention, but of course he was never able to do anything spectacular, uh, which might have made him sit up and think. I mean, you get some of the souls uh, that are able to move objects around the room or, or tilt a table up and down or, or do something crazy like that, you know, just to let people know. But he did not know how to do any of these things. He was just walking around and he went to his funeral and everything and all his friends and tried to go to them and help them, you know, try to make them know it's about it, but didn't have enough faith, you know. Uh, anyway, I was able to help him gradually to get away from things and change his outlook a wee bit. But he was very strong in the material sense. Mm -hmm. He was more of the earth than he was in the years. Took me quite a while to get him free. How did you get through to him, Dave? How did you manage it? Oh, I have my own methods, you know, but different stores on this side of act and that sort of capacity that they have some have different methods, as it's too according to their own individual life and ideas of things and certain people need certain um, a certain way of being treated and I was well I just went around with this boy he didn't see me at first of course because he was so blind to anything other than the spirit he was so immersed in himself and material things but gradually when he began to feel in a sense lost you know he did not get anywhere with all his tantrums and bangings and one thing or the other and 
kind of that attention. He, then he began, no doubt, who I can gather anyway, and his mind seemed to change a wee bit. It's as if he sort of opened up, and then of course he became conscious of other things, and me in particular. And I was chummy and party with him and talking to him and trying to make him see some scenes. And I said, well, what's the point of you hanging around here, Addy? You'll no get anywhere. There's no one's going to take a mind, but I notice the best thing to do is to come with me and I'll be able to help you a lot. And at that time, I discovered, too, that he'd been very fond of an animal, a dog. And um, although he didn't know this at the time, he didn't realize, of course, when, it, when he'd been going to his parents' piece, uh, the dog was there, but he didn't cotton on to the fact. He didn't realize that, although he could see the dog, he did not realize that the dog itself was a dead dog. He just couldn't appreciate that at all. He was sort of all caught up in the material side of things. Anyway, the dog followed him around too, trying to make himself sort of, you know, known, as it were, you know. And gradually, as the boy became more aware, and I was able to bring this dog to him, you know, to his consciousness, as it were, as you might see, he began to realize that because the dog had died some few years previously, and that helped him in a way because he was happy to be with the dog and also then his grandparents i was able to contact them and they were able to make a link and gradually he opened up his mind to things that were of the spirit and he was gradually loosening his hold on material things and then i took him to a spiritualist meeting i thought perhaps that might be some help in some way if we could get through and uh, sort of make a link you know well, actually, I, I was able to manage to make a contact there with the medium, but he did not succeed in that. But anyway, he could see the possibility of getting through, getting over, you know, and that gave him a sort of a lift up a bit. But at the same time, he was still very suspicious of, of, of well, I think he was suspicious in the way of all sorts of things, quite apart from the mediums and that sort of thing. He didn't have cotton on too easily to mediums, but he began to realize the possibility. But of course, what annoyed him, I think, after that, he went to several places, and none of these mediums seemed to cotton on to him being there. He did not seem to see him, although he tried desperately to show himself, and I think that made him a bit edgy and arable, so I thought the best thing to do was not to try that at all, not to force that at all, you know but to wait a while. Anyway, he's now very settled over here and he's taken an interest in various things, uh, things which on earth he did not do. As a matter of fact, I suppose being so young too, he had no formative ideas, no strong sort of ideas about what he wanted to be. At least he didn't give that impression to me. He, he was um, rather, shall we see, quite happy to get in a car and go speeding around and all that sort of thing. I'm not surprised that he may have stayed that way because in a way he was rather stinging in the game. He, he was not the sort of deep thinking sort of person. Actually, he was rather a difficult case. And in a kind of way, he was his own enemy. He was not a bad lad, but at the same time, he was thoughtless and rather self-centered. And it took him a little time to get adjusted. But now he's making good headway and he's taken a very interest in music. And, in art and, and he's beginning to study and beginning to settle down and meeting interesting people and he's beginning to form something, you know, of himself, you know.
Uh, his, his grandparents and his mother's now just about to come over, and I guess she'll be here very soon. I think that will make him very happy too. Of course, you see, there again we come back to this time element. Time is nothing, it's an illusion. And I think that his mother, she, after he, you know, sort of had this accident, she lost all interest in life. I think this was sad too, in a way, but he'll be happy when she joins him, which won't be any day, I suppose, now. But um, he's settled down, he's very much happier. Very fine fella, too, nice lad now. Much better, actually, than he was when he was on us, because he was the sort of boy who did not take much interest in anything or anybody, only himself. His parents had done pretty well in a little business that I had, and you know, they sort of spurred him, sent him to a good school and all that, gave him all the opportunities. And I think he was uh, a rather selfish young man, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, they often think about these aircraft as we have in home. People in the middle are talking around the place. Ah, that's another kind of thing that's really bad. When you get these sort of things happening, it's always worse when people come like sudden like that, you know. Mm. It's very bad indeed. Mm. And uh, we've had many of those cases when there have been bad air, air crashes, you know. Mm. I've helped him with quite a number of instances like that. Uh, 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 what happened to these men to be electrocuted or hanged? You know, they actually are They mean for punishment? Yeah. Mm. Well, that's bad too, because, well, that's in a way worse, because often they have a resentment towards society, mm. and sometimes they cling to us, and they can be, some of them cling to us for a very long time, and they can do a great deal of harm. And sometimes they impinge their thoughts and pins themselves on a person on your side who probably in a normal way is quite a decent sort of person. Sometimes they even influence that person to do wrong things. Uh, there's no doubt about it that they do get souls who were certainly uh, not very good people and did some perhaps pretty bad things. And they don't necessarily change immediately, as you well know. And, Sometimes they get earthbound and cling to people. Indeed, quite a lot of mental asylums and places. There's a lot of earthbound spirits, mischievous and sometimes very bad spirits around people there who are weak-minded. Uh, as a matter of fact, there are crowds of souls on this side, doctors and people who specialize in helping mental patients on your side, trying to influence them for good, of course, and to help them to get mentally straighten out and get them physically fit and well, but we're always battling against the bad forces. We must always remember there are dangers, there are souls who are not necessarily always evil or anything like that, but who really can be very disastrously, you know, uh, inclined and uh, sometimes do harm. We do what we can to get them away. David, how do you get the spirit who has the death family? How do you get him out of the person and out of the person or Well, that's a ticklish question. That's yes, because, well, why should you be sorry? Because what may affect, you know, may be effective in one way with one person, may not be effective in another. There are various methods that are used, and there are various people on this side who specialize in dealing with cases of what you call obsession. But a great deal depends on the individual case. Uh, usually we're successful. 
that um, there are cases, of course, where it's very difficult to remove the obsessive spirit, particularly when they take more or less complete, complete uh, possession. If it's only a kind of borderline case, it's not too bad. But sometimes when a person's really got complete control over someone else's physical body, it's a very, very difficult thing indeed. And there have been instances, of course, where people have gone through the rest of their life uh, the body has been obsessed by some other soul. Uh, this has been one of the worst things all no doubt. Mm. You know, a lot of people in mental asylums are not mad in as much as they're not responsible. Sometimes they're obsessing with spirits. Mm. And that's why you get these cases of people who are perfectly normal for a while and then all of a sudden they start to do something which is irrational. And it's obvious that someone else is taking control. Actually, I think it's a pity that psychiatrists and people who deal with mental patients don't know more about possession, don't know more about this sort of thing, this subject which you know quite a bit. Oh, would be a great help to them. Yeah. I think that they should know more about this. I once mentioned possession of the carpet and that would be an arc or something like that, you see. Well, so I they don't understand. Yeah. What about suicide, David? I mean, they can be possessed too, can't they? Well, there are many instances, of course, where people have committed suicide when they've been under a bad influence. But, of course, quite often, most suicides is due to the individual themselves. Mm. They get into a depressed, unhappy state, and in consequence, they take their own life, thinking to escape. But, of course, they can't escape from themselves. That's a thing that people should be made to realize, that death doesn't necessarily mean an escape. Yeah. You still have to face up to yourself. You can never escape from yourself. Yourself is always there. You have to Sometimes. Yeah. You see, that's the trouble. When you, as you do, quite rightly, naturally ask certain questions about whether it's suicide or obsession, uh, it's very difficult to give a clear-cut answer. Because what it may apply in one instance or one case doesn't necessarily apply in another. Every individual case is an individual uh, case in itself. If the person is not in the, the same, the reasons for people being as they are are not the same. The conditions, the circumstances are variable. What may apply in one case doesn't apply in another, you see. Mm. That's interesting. Oh, in uh, well, because the whole that. condition around there is obsessed with, uh, well, obsessed with spirits of all kinds, mm -hmm. good, bad, and different. And the whole atmosphere is charged with forces which are very difficult sometimes to overcome. Those of us who act in the capacity of helping souls over, those who act in the way of trying to lift them out of the conditions sometimes come up against great problems, great difficulties. There are so many souls there, around the earthbound souls too, and the whole atmosphere around that part of the world, wherever there's intense hatred and fighting and mm -hmm. where there's all the evils that you might see of the earth let loose, obviously the conditions are such that it's very difficult at times to pierce. Of course, we do succeed, obviously, and we're able to help many people, but at the same time, the conditions are poor. You must have to be careful when you have to enter those conditions. I, uh, with one, one sort of, well, accustoms oneself to it. 
It's one's work and one loves to help people. And after all, the lower a person sinks, the greater is their need. The more help is given. Mm. Of course, we cannot do very much until the individuals themselves begin to show a desire for assistance, a desire for guidance, a desire for help. It's the same with you people. With all your work that you do, with the best of heart and best of intention, you cannot make anyone accept something or reawaken or awaken an interest in something until they themselves are more or less ready for it. People have got to be cooperative. In other words, unless they're cooperative, there's not much that you can do about it. You, uh, you, can, you can put the thing there right under their nose, but if they don't want to see it, then there's nothing you can do about it. You just can only do the best you can and try not to get too depressed in the process. You're bound to get disillusionments and disappointments, but just think that one person that you've helped and guided and made happier and given greater faith and confidence, then at least it's been worth it. Mm. And in any case, you meet interesting people. You learn something about people anyway. Life is always interesting. There's no such thing as dullness where work of the spirit's concerned, believe me. Mm. Uh, I always feel that you do a remarkable work considering the many obstacles that you have one way and another. The tragedy, of course, is that often the people that you would have thought would have been a, well, a great help, you know, that would have cooperated with you, often the people who who put the obstacles up. Mm. We find that too. You'd be surprised. We get all sorts of obstacles put in the way. And some of the people that we have to contend with, if we hadn't got a sense of humor, I don't think we can carry on. Unfortunately, I have myself got a bigger sense of humor. But we get some weird cases one way or another. You get some people who really, you think you said, this man really is so stupid. You know, and people with so-called brains or intelligence one on earth, highly cultural types too, some of them, that you would have thought would have been very quick to learn, very quick to take into themselves new knowledge and experience, would be only too glad to be helped. Often they prove, sometimes anyway, uh, very difficult to help. The religious ones are always the worst. Mm. I think their prejudice is so strong. And they're so concerned with themselves and their salvation. And they're, they're so convinced that they're eventually going to be given a great reward. I think it's a great shock to them when they realize that the only reward they're going to have is what they've had to work down hard to get. And it can't be just had for the sake of saying, I believe in this and there it is. You've got to work for it. There's nothing given away. Yeah. I, it's a very interesting life. Oh, I'm very glad to know that I can do what I do. But the great joy of it is that one is living all the time, experiencing and meeting and encouraging and helping other people. And you're learning from them as they're learning from you. There's not a down moment. No one needs fear dying. It's the greatest thing that happened to anyone. It'd be terrible to go on and on and on in the material sense. Uh, you know, sometimes it amazes me with some of these people who get scared, you know, of dying and just want to cling to the earth. One feels sad and sorry for them. But you know, they just don't know, don't realize what a wonderful future, what a wonderful life there is, what excitement, what interest, what wonderful things can be done and achieved, the new interests that they can have. And they can do all the things here that they may have wanted to do and couldn't do on earth. 
And this new old age, new aches, new pains, only a complete and absolute freedom of spirit and of mind. Once you release yourself from your prejudices and the old ideas that hold you back, here there are no limits. Limitations. Uh, uh, you can go as high as you like, uh, but you have to go steady. You have to learn to feel your way. But there's never any feeling of frustration. If there is any frustration, it's that which you create when you sit. If your mind and your heart is open to this deep truth and then everything is there for you. It depends on you. You've got to make the effort. And you've got to do the digging. You know, you've got to. You gotta lay the foundations before you can build a house. David, what happens to people who have got the firm conviction that when they when they die or they don't exist anymore? I mean, what sort of conditions do they come over in? What sort well, of depends. Again, we mustn't generalize, but there's some who are soon reawakened, you know, to new thought, new ideas, and soon change their views and how to. There are others who perhaps sleep, as you say. They're not sleeping in the sense that you call it sleeping, but in a kind of state where they have not a consciousness or awareness. And gradually, of course, things begin to dawn upon them and begin to realize things. It depends so much on the individual case. depends on the reasons why they are or think they are, as they do, uh, and the circumstances and backline and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. All these things can affect and apply. But um, invariably, most people, anyway, if one talks in a general sense, most people, when they leave your side, soon readjust themselves, soon realize the new life that's there and the conscious of all the conditions and the surroundings and the peoples of the help helping them and the loved ones that they've known in the past that are working with them over. In other words, the average person has nothing to fear. Indeed, no one has anything to fear, of course, really, in a sense, passing from your life to this. But to some extent, it depends on the individual. It's the kind of life which they find and the kind of setting which they create. I mean, everyone creates. That's another thing that people don't realize. To a great extent, indeed, it's true to say that you create for yourselves accordingly. If you think on the wrong lines, and if you have many prejudices, if your mind and heart is closed to truth, then obviously it's going to be more difficult. It's going to take longer. It's going to be harder for you to grasp things. But if you've got an open, free mind, if you have knowledge like you have before you come here, it's a great asset, a great blessing, and it will make all the difference uh, to when you do come here. Uh, there's none of the drawbacks that so many people have. The worst drawbacks, I'm sure, I might see, are the very strong prejudice ones. Have no prejudices, always have an old mind. Yeah. Even with things that you're not sure about, uh, just say, well, I don't know, and uh, keep it in your mind if you can, but at the same time, never discard anything. Never sort of say to yourself, well, I don't want that, because there may be some bad untruth in it somewhere. The point is, strike out for the highest that you can achieve. And if you fall a wee bit at times for the least side, that's to be expected. At least you're having a wee rest and taking up the, 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 you know, taking up the challenge again and struggling on. People have got to realize that there are many weeds, there are many aspects, there are many roads. But the point is that some are long and wearisome and some are difficult and hard. And there's very, very rare and easy paths. But the truth, 
you learn a wee bit here and a wee bit there, and everyone can make some contribution. No one is so bad, no one is so good. There's every opportunity for every soul to find his own happiness in his own way, and on different levels of consciousness. We can't all be on the same level, on the same sphere, but we can all aspire, and it is through aspiration and making the attempt that we achieve what we do achieve. And I think that to have the knowledge that you have, the realization that you have, this is a great joy, a great blessing. And you help many people, especially those who are sad and sorrowing, and those who are afraid. This truth will take the fear out of life and the fear out of death. And that's what really matters. Anyway, it's always a joy to talk to people like you. And I'll come again sometime. Oh, me. Anyway, I'm a screw now. But all the very best to you both now. Thank you. Goodbye. God bless you. Thank you. Lovely talk. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Thank you, Mickey, very much. See you on the 28th.